Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Natalie Barr joins us as she reacts to her appointment as the new co-host of Sunrise. We reveal who will be hosting Dancing with the Stars this year and the hits and misses of the week. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. TV Black Box is coming up. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to, yes, another big edition of the TV Black Box. And I've got a cast of wonderful, wonderful people joining me. Sarah Monaghan is the actress about town in Florida on a boat. Hello, Sarah. Hello. If you hear any strange noises, it's the uh, lovely Cubans on the fishing boat next to us. What are the Cubans doing on the boat next to you? Well, they're just Cubans. They live here in Key West, but they give me free fish, so they're lovely. (laughs) Okay. Good, eh? I wasn't sure what kind of noises we should be worried about. Aaron Ryan from TV Black Box is here. Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. And can I say, after my rant about Channel 10 last week, I put the challenge out to Bev McGarvey to call me, and you guys are not going to believe this. Bev did not call me. Of course she didn't. <laughs> Shock horror. Does she have your number? It, it's on um, all my emails at the bottom. Okay. She, know, she knows my number. Um, uh, maybe she's a bit too busy, Aaron. Don't take it personally. Or maybe do. Um, Aaron, <laughs> great interview with Noni Hazelhurst on the TV Black Box feed. We look forward to more of those. And also joining us back from his sojourn on the GAN and other various media appointments, Rod Morris. Hello, Rod. Hello, Rob. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be back. It's great to have you back, mate. Uh, We look forward to your insight as we tackle the big issues of the week and we might as well get into it. Well, as you know, TV Black Box was the first to break the news that Nat Barr would be replacing Samantha Armitage on Sunrise. Her first day was a rating success. On Friday, her first unofficial day, Koshi came in on his usual day off to join her even before Nat's promotion had been officially announced. And it was a rating success with 260,000 five-cap city viewers. They were miles ahead of their competition with ABC News Breakfast coming in second with 187,000 and the Today Show close behind with 182,000. Rob, this is a good start for Nat, that's for sure. Yeah, it is. And um, look, the, the whole thing with that, congratulations of how they're doing in the ratings. Uh, I must admit, I'm one of those in the minority that watches the Today Show if I, I turn the TV on of a morning. Um, I, I guess the choice was pretty well an obvious one. And as much as it's the PR departments to do so, it did annoy me that all their, all their releases, we are thrilled to officially announce our brand new lineup. Really, was it that much of a brand new lineup? But anyway, <laughs> it's, uh, it's 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 shuffling chairs, and like let's face it, they've got a winning formula there. They win the spots, and you want to change as little as possible, which is what they did. But as for a brand new lineup, mm, uh, anyway, your thoughts? Uh, it's interesting. Look, I I don't mind them hyping it from that point of view. 
that's what you do, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's that's their job. It's the PR department's job to do it. But yeah. Um, what I did laugh about during the week, Sarah, was we talked about Nat's appointment on last week's edition of TV Black Box. I'd announced it, and the media were like, "Ah, oh, it could be anyone. Everyone's in the race." I'm like, "No, I've already told you, but no dramas." And then when it was announced that Nat was doing it, they all said, "As widely tipped." Well, no, you guys all kept saying it was other people. I'm the one who tipped it. I didn't tip. I'm not a psychic. I have sources. They're just jealous that we knew first and that we beat everyone else. And, uh, yeah, and it was funny because I saw on Twitter people were like, oh, and just announced. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we announced that a week ago. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's fine. We just sit there and wait for everyone to catch up. But enough patting ourselves on the back. But um, I, I do think this is the smart appointment, Aaron. Oh, definitely. And we've got the first official uh, day's ratings. So it's still a big 49,000 viewer gap between Sunrise and today on Monday. Great start. I think she was a bit uncomfortable on Monday on, on air, not in the hosting sense, but Koshi just every 30 minutes on, on, the, on the half hour just kept making a fuss of her and she just wants to get on with a job and and she had a lot of interviews and and stuff to do afterwards so it's it's all racing i think she just wants to really get on with it but i noticed everyone had an interview but um she hasn't appeared yet on the and robin robbo show which airs monday to thursday how come is she coming she's appearing tonight mate and she's also on the tv black box podcast in a little bit so you'll be hearing from that and it's funny you say that she talks about the fact that she wants to just get on with doing the job. So very well picked up, Aaron. But yes, Natalie Barr is coming up a little later. But moving on for the moment, and ever since Channel 7 announced the return of Dancing with the Stars in a special All Stars event, rumours have been swirling that original presenter Daryl Summers would be returning. And it turns out those rumours are true. Sources have told TV Black Box that Summers was on set last week for a promo shoot at Seven's Everly Studios. And he has also been seen at Sydney's ICC, where the series is being filmed. Sonia Kruger, who hosted with Summers for the first seven seasons, is also said to be returning. The full list of celebrities taking to the dance floor has been released by Seven, and they include Jamie Jury, Luke Jacobs, Manu, The Bachelor's Matty J, and the previously confirmed Fifi Box, Lincoln Lewis and Chappelle Corby. Uh, what do we think of the choice to bring back Daryl Summers, Aaron? Well, I have seen some of the um, comments, negative comments on social media, but I think it's 100% perfect. Some of the appeal for Daryl um, across Hey Hey was the fact that he's not a polished presenter, um, which we get on most shows where they're rehearsed 600 times, they're edited, they're cut until there's a polished performance. Daryl kind of ums and errs a lot, but I think... That's what makes him Daryl Summers. He had massive ratings for the show when it was on in the first seven seasons. They had older judges on there like Helen Ritchie. I think the audience are going to lap this up. My only concern is that having it three nights a week, uh, um, I think this should have been seven episodes across seven weeks. But I guess that was not to me- meant to be with Big Brother coming into the lineup. Um, I did watch Dancing with the Stars when Daryl hosted it, and I love a bit of nostalgia. I am 100% in. I think this is a great move, Rod. I This is about nostalgia. Aaron is completely right. They're not really playing for a young, new audience. They want a quick hit of ratings to have a good narrative, don't they? 
yeah, well, it's, you know, while all the networks would like to think their, their demos skew a bit younger than what they do, the fact is that is Seven's market. And so bringing Daryl back into that time spot is great. I, uh, when I first heard, I thought, oh, I, I, I love any excuse for Daryl to be back on TV. You know, <laughs> I remember Hey Eight Saturday when it was still just cartoons on a Saturday morning. Um, my initial thing was, gee, how old's Daryl? He's only 69. And when I thought about that, you know, it's 69 old these days it doesn't feel it because I, I think back to when i remember one series we were doing of um catchphrase back in the day i remember we celebrated burjo's 64th birthday and we we're going oh geez he's a bit old but <laughs> it, it's it's like you know is it 50s the new 40 is 60 the new 40 or whatever but at 69 he's, he's, he's still it seems like he's going to be young so i hope he brings a, a young a, a energy to it and i'm sure he will um the only other question i'd ask is is seven risking overexposing sonia like have they confirmed she's co-hosting that they haven't confirmed, but everything I'm hearing says Sonia Kruger. She wasn't seen at the promo shoot by my sources, right. but um, people are saying that it's her. And, and look, there's even talk, and this is not confirmed, but there's talk it'll be the original judges with Todd McKenney and Helen Ritchie and um, I don't know, maybe even Paul Mercurio. I don't know, but that's a bit of the talk going on. I, I suppose if you're going to go for nostalgia, you want as well go the whole way. Yeah, I mean, at yeah, least they're absolutely. not kidding themselves thinking that they're going to skew young when they know it's old people, so you may as well just completely go for the old audience that used to watch it and hope that they're tuning in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, the fallout continues after that Oprah Winfrey interview with Meghan and Harry, but now it's Sharon Osbourne who was in trouble. Osbourne defended Piers Morgan over his comments about Meghan Markle's mental health and questioned his alleged racism to her co-host, Cheryl Underwood, an African-American woman. Here is some of that confrontation. I am. I. I feel even mm-hmm. like uh, I'm about to be put in the electric chair because I have a friend who many people think is a racist. So that makes me a racist. And for me, at 68 years of age, to have to turn around and say I ain't racist. Right. What's well, it got I, to do with me? How can I be racist about anybody? How can I be racist about? Anybody or anything in my life? How can I? Well, 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 I well what? Well, I will well, ask you again, Cheryl. Yes. I've been asking you during the break. Right. I am asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. Wowzers. Sharon Osborne has since apologised, but two scheduled broadcasts of the talk have now been pulled. It will return on Wednesday the 17th of March in the US, although it's unclear whether Osborne will be on the panel. Sarah, 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 we are getting into dangerous territory here. We're now literally censoring people's views we don't agree with. Well, I mean, the view is the uh, the talk, whatever it is, that's the most toxic. Like, if you ever look at, like, half the time they're trending on Twitter and it's just all, like, we hate everybody and it's, it. they just, the whole show is just filled with hate. But the, and I haven't seen the whole segment, so I don't know if Sharon was being racist or not, but the thing is... This week I was on Twitter and someone was talking about Disneyland and I got, they were saying it's only for locals. And I'm like, well, I disagree. Like my dad went to Disneyland 11 times. They're like, well, what the fuck would you know? You privileged white bitch. And I'm like, um, excuse me. And then like a day later they came back at me and I'm like, well, I'm going to disagree with you. And I was very polite. And they were like, well, you're just a racist. And I'm like, how is it racist? Because Uh I disagree with you. And my problem today is, you literally cannot agree, disagree with someone or dislike someone 
no matter what they've done, if they are a different race, nationality, color, or religion than you, because you're automatically tagged as, it's not, we have a difference of opinion, you're just a racist because you don't agree with me. And that's where I fear that we're headed as a society, that no one will be allowed to have an opinion anymore. And sometimes people are just assholes or douchebags and you can dislike them not knowing what color they are. But if you're a different color, you are automatically tagged as a racist because you're white. And I'm like, this is going, not going to end well for anybody at some point if we're constantly censoring people and throwing a racist label around. And there are genuinely racist people out there. But mm. if you just disagree with someone and someone says you're a racist, you're just watering down what that actually means for when it truly is racism. Look, I couldn't agree more with that. I got pulled up a couple of years ago when I had a go at a television personality. Mm-hmm. I didn't like them and got called racist because they were of a different nationality. And I'm like, but that's not my argument here. My argument is the way they behaved on air and what they did. And I would say that about anyone who behaved the same way, you know, but you cannot, as a white person, as a especially a white middle-aged man, have a go at people of colour because it is seen as a racist issue and not a personality issue. And as Twitter becomes more of an enclave for People putting out fake information. I've been the victim of that this week. I've had people out there throwing abuse at me and, you know, um, our producer got attacked. And it's it's one of those things that I do think, this is on a tangent, but I do think, t- 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 I do think Twitter needs to be verified. I think everyone who signs up for Twitter should have a verification to their mobile phone so that if you want to make statements about people that are highly defamatory, untrue, you can be called out on that. But back on the issue here, do you think we are going down a path, Aaron, where there's no point having hot topic segments because everyone has to be so careful of what they say and if the Twitter mob deem it offensive, people will lose their jobs? Well, I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, I don't condone anyone, um, someone for being a, uh, making racist remarks or bullying in nature. Media Watch last night picked up on John Laws on radio suggesting to a listener that the best thing they could do is go and kill themselves. Now, that to me is outright disgusting. However, the whole point about a show like The Talk is that it is opinion-based talk show. We've gone over this. That means people will have opinions that may reflect society values and that sometimes they will have opinions that don't match popular you know, opinions that are out there. But the way we learn and grow is by talking, by having good representation on these shows and challenging viewpoints so we all better understand. Um, when the team at Andrew, Rob and Robbo last night were chatting about Scott Morrison's decision not to face the crowd, you know, with the marches. Andrew and Rob had one opinion and Robbo had a, an absolute opposite opinion um, during the chat. But during the um, discussions, I noticed that Robbo was actually being quite swayed by what Robbo was saying. It's all about talking. It's about listening. It's about learning. It's about growing. And that cannot be done by censorship and by booting people from shows every time they say something. Um, that outrages the community. Couldn't agree more. Um, Rod, just one final point on that. Some of my favourite elements of television are segments like Hot Topics. It's chatting about the news issues of the day because I actually feel it helps inform me. When I sit and watch people talking about news topics, it gives me a different perspective. I don't want to lose that. Exactly. And I think the problem in the States in particular at the moment, there is no mid-ground. You either... 
blue or red, you're, you're Republican or Democrat, yeah. and, and there is no mid-ground for discussion. And with all, all this wokeness, if that's the right word, I think it's getting worse. It's polarising people even more. And, like, you know, people ask me about a subject here, like we've, where, where I live it's all fairly right-wing, um, and we'll have a healthy discussion about it. I, like I, I, Most of like the, the, the discussions about um, what Sharon Osbourne said, it's like I'm not completely black or white that she was right or she was wrong. It's like, okay, well, you listen to it. And, you know, it's not that it's got to be 100% one way or the other. It's just, as you say, discussion is what makes you think and keeps you enlightened. Well, and in Australia, talk shows have both sides. But a lot of the morning talk shows like The Talk or The View and all of those, everyone lives in a little confirmation bubble where it's five mm. panellists and they'll have five people who are all vehemently one way and occasionally they'll have one person that they can come on and just gang attack for having like when Meghan McCain was on The View and they just every day they just beat her down because how dare she you know be a Republican and it's like mm. you can't live in a confirmation bubble and you can't accuse people of things just because you disagree with their opinion absolutely all right well sport continues to infiltrate the streaming market and this time it's with amazon prime the new australian docuseries afl making their mark was released globally on the platform this week the series focuses on the 2020 season including the struggle of the pandemic and follows players lives on and off the field this comes shortly after amazon gained a two-year live broadcast deal with swimming australia amazon prime head of content australia tyler burns said we've been looking at a number of different sports live sports rights in in the country over the last couple of years. It's interesting, isn't it, Rod? They are going live sport. Live sport is the future of streaming. Yeah, well, you know, if you go back to Kerry Packer, his, his philosophy was you needed to own all the, have all the best stars, have the best news and the best sports. Well, the sports have been pulled away from your free-to-airs uh, and now they're being pulled away from even the Foxtels and those of the world by the streaming services. And it's only a couple of weeks ago we were talking about this when it uh, it was women's, the women's soccer, wasn't it, that Foxtel got uh, mm -hmm. money for, but they weren't putting the money into the production and there was controversy over that. And I think we all acknowledged back then, I remember us talking about the fact that these streaming services, they will just cherry-pick whatever other sports there are and if there's an audience big enough, be it swimming or whatever... They will cherry-pick those things. I guess what I'm wondering is how far into the future will it be before we hear, be it Amazon or Apple TV or someone stitched up the global rights to you know, Premier League soccer or the AFL or any major sport? Like, how, how far away do we think that is? Or will it ever come? Look, it's very interesting. And as I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this before, I do a side gig on weekends where I literally sit in the McKnight Tonight studios and I switch water polo in Sydney. There's this company called Clutch TV that are doing all these different sports. They're doing athletics. They're doing rugby, a whole heap of sports. And I literally sit in my uh, office up here on the Gold Coast. I have all the cameras fed to me. This weekend I'm doing a five-camera OB, commentary, all the light for seven games, it's all being fed up to me. I switch it here and feed it out to Clutch TV that streams it. This is taking off. This is, there's all these little side hustles. And this is where, once again, I do believe this is where the broadcasters are going to lose out because people, it's becoming niche. It's not becoming yep. broad. It's becoming niche. And Amazon are seeing it in here. We've seen it with Stan. But, you know, uh, it's funny, when you when you talk to the networks, you cannot get them outside that bubble thinking of how can we do things differently. They're not interested in 
productions that are starting to make a mark on the internet. They're not interested in little sports like this, which are actually relatively cheap to cover if you do it this smarter way because they have the tradition of you've got to have an $80,000 OB, you've got to have the camera, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You don't. You can make things look really professional. Yes, sometimes there is a um, compromise in some quality. I would completely agree. But I just think the networks are not seeing the future and we're seeing it again, erosion by erosion by erosion, Aaron, as these streamers take up the mantle. I think Amazon Prime, they're looking to the future. They're looking for new forms of content. Yeah, I don't have an issue with any streamer that wants to increase their offerings, um, you know, and by putting sport on there per se. The only thing I will say for the subscriber, though, is I don't know about anyone else, but it's not get, getting a bit annoying how much sport is now spread. So in the past, you watched watch it on free to wear or you paid for Foxtel. However, if you're a big, big sport fan, you would have to sign up for KO, Optus, Amazon Prime, Stan, and the article also says the emerging sports flicks. I mean, ouch on the hip pocket. Yeah, but it's not up to these commercial ventures to say, oh, well, we better let back, we better sit back and let Seven and Foxtel have the rights. They have every right to go and come up with these commercial arrangements. And if enough people are interested, they will thrive. And they're also doing things the others aren't interested in. I, I Sorry, I've got, yeah, you know, most like... people don't like, like volleyball and swimming and, correct. like, lawn bowls and stuff. Like, most people will pick one thing that they like and pay for that. And everything else, I'll go to my friend's house and we'll make a social event and watch it there. I wasn't suggesting that it should change in any way. I mean, it's great that if you can't get the sport on in one place, someone's actually now offering these sports. I'm just saying if you're a sport fan, it's it might, it might cost you a bit if you uh, are really into lots of sports. But that's the way it's going to have to be because 7 and 9 and 10 aren't going to be showing it, so someone has to. No, absolutely. And, look, I can tell you from my own point of view, not sport. I'm not a sport person at all. Um, but with Monsters Who Murder and with the Andrew Robin Robbo show, I am looking at a pay-per-view model. And Monsters Who Murder is a podcast that has over 30,000 downloads an episode. We've had over 3 million downloads all up, probably close to 4 million now. And I am looking at if I can get a percentage of those people to pay 5 bucks a month for a video version of the podcast, then we, you know, we could be hitting on something. And if... The people who watch the Andrew Robin Robbo show, if a percentage of those are willing to pay for it each month rather than us doing it on a free service like Facebook where we get no money back from, then, you know, we're playing to the niche audience of people who are interested in our content and are more engaged, which also means that when an interview appears on our platform, our engaged audience will take more, will pay more attention because they're engaged and will support our show. And so I think there are such benefits in the pay model, you will pay for what you like. And if you don't, if you don't think it's worth your money, fair enough. No problems with that, is there, Sarah? No, I mean, you look at YouTube. I mean, you think about all the people on there, like Sailing La Vagabond is a TV show. Well, it's a YouTube series about a couple on a boat that travel around the world and they make YouTube money and then they have a Patreon account. And people literally pay yeah. for extras for through Patreon. And that's how they fund their lifestyle. So, I mean, if people really enjoy you and they like you, they will pay for it. Well, we, we on Monsters Who Murder, we actually do have a Patreon account. And that is actually starting to bring in some really good money. Like, we're not talking a few hundred dollars. We're talking a fair whack of money that certainly helps pay the bills, let me tell you. So um, that is content people are willing to pay and we structure it. 
You do $5 a month, you get the episode early. You do $10 a month, you get bonus content and access to our Patreon-only Facebook page. You do $20 a month, you get a group video call. You do $50 a month, you get a one-on-one video call with Amanda and myself. So people are willing to pay for that content when they're engaged and they're willing to pay for the bonuses. This is how you've got to look at things going forward. All right. After hitting a new low of a dismal 260,000 viewers last Monday, Seven decided to pull their newest primetime show, Ultimate Tag, from its schedule. It was originally planned to run three times a week from Mondays to Wednesdays, but it has been dropped from the main channel and instead the rest of the season is airing on Seven Flicks. Each episode costs approximately $1 million to produce and dumping a primetime tempole program it's going to cause considerable issues for the network and the advertisers. Aaron, this show's never coming back, is it? No, except to finish playing out on Seven Flicks. Five more episodes to go. It was a stinker, no doubt. At the end of the day, Seven wrote the check for this lemon and they will have to wear this. <laughs> but my sources tell me that it went a little bit like this. And of course, I'm way oversimplifying this. So Endemol Shine said, hey, Seven, we've got an exciting new format you will love. A shiny floor, fast adrenaline show. It's called Ultimate Tag. Seven kind of went, um, that's a failed show in the States. Shine went, yeah, we think we can do something with, with it here. Seven went, nah, we'll pass on that one, thank you. It's a failed format, guys. Shine then went on to um, say how they can make this a success in the local market and how the Australians will embrace it and how they would, lo- you know, they'll localise it better than the overseas bomb. Ultimately, Seven fell for the pitch and that was their own fault. After seeing episodes come out, they were not convinced at all, but they had poured so much money into it, they had no choice but to try the show. Publicity did not even put up the episodes beforehand, worried that the media would watch the episodes and do bad reviews before the launch. Uh-huh. The Ivan Malat doco was already on slate to air Sunday the 14th of March, knowing that the show was going to start low. So unfortunately, Seven um, should have stuck to their instincts in the first place. However, if any small take from the show, one of the pro taggers dominated, real talent, I think he, he could be picked up somewhere. But in the end, ultimate fail. <laughs> could this be considered uh, a niche sports show that maybe somebody could uh, pick up? Yeah, but not when it's costing, not <laughs> when not it's costing it's you a million dollars to produce an episode. Uh, that's not niche. Somebody owed somebody a favour and so, so, or they lost a bet and they took that show on. <laughs> You've got to stick to your guns, Rod. You yeah. know, like I know you don't want to miss the next big hit, but, geez, when, you, when, you, when it smells... Bad. I, yeah, look, when, when I saw this in the schedule, my immediate reaction was, oh, playing something like that, like I, I didn't know it had the bad history overseas. I hadn't looked that deeply into it. But um, my initial reaction was, gee, coming off the back of Holy Moly, mm. like Holy Moly was fun and it was it was a, original, uh, you know, well scripted, but the important thing was it didn't take itself too seriously. But everything I saw of the promos for Ultimate Tag, it's like, okay, it's a game of chasings in a big expensive set. You know, how much can you hype that? I just felt, you know... It probably would have flopped anyway, but that was my initial reaction when I saw the schedule. I thought, oh, just those two so close to each other. Anyway, yeah, I, and I think it's sad that any local production, when it when it tanks like that, it's it's, it's just not good for the industry as a whole. So I, I, it's it's sad that it failed. I think when most shows tank though the networks thought you know we actually genuinely thought this was going to work um and unfortunately it hasn't i can tell you in this case 
Seven thought this was a stinker from the beginning, and, and I know that they could they should have just not commissioned it at all. But they are not surprised at all. They are absolutely not surprised at all. They had they had things in place in case this failed in the first few nights, but stinker. Um, I think it's probably hard when you've got ongoing relationships with companies like Endemile Shine that have other big programs. I just don't think the networks are open to any um, pitches from independents. They just want the next big reality format. They took this one on. They've probably taken this on as a $15 to $20 million loss, hoping that they'll have good relationships with Endemile Shine when they get the next big format and Endemile Shine will come to them with it rather than one of the other networks or do the deal with them. Or maybe they went full full 1980s like money laundering on it. <laughs> I don't think you can make those kind of allegations. She is joking. Uh, I'm kidding. You're, you're I'm kidding. She yes. is joking. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the ratings race for the week 11 of the 2021 rating survey. And Channel 10 owned Monday night with the airing of the Oprah Winfrey interview with Meghan Markle. Over 1.3 million viewers in the five cap cities tuned into the tell-all, delivering 10 a win for the night. It helped the network in its weekly shares too, with the network beating the ABC for the first week, although its primary channel still fell behind the public broadcaster. The Nine Network won the week on a 30.2 network share with 7 on 24.7, 10 on 19.5 and the ABC on 17.8. Married at First Sight continues to dominate viewing habits outside of news programming. Rod, any surprises for you last week? No, not really. And yes, I watched, I think like the rest of the world, watched the Oprah interview with, with a, a lot of interest. Um, friends of mine in the UK were amazed at how much interest there was in it. Uh, and just back to our, yeah, the, the, the chat about Sharon Osbourne and Piers Morgan. Uh, again, I watched that. It drove me back to watch more episodes of The Crown and made them more interesting. <laughs> um, but but again, I, I didn't come away with it being completely empathetic with either... Harry and, and Meghan's side or the Palace's side. You know, there is... I got. I feel for both sides of them and the, well, the institution Well, it, it, it raises itself. an interesting question because in the UK, Aaron, Piers Morgan has gone from Good Morning Britain and everyone watched Good Morning Britain to see his reaction to the interview. Whatever you think of him, a polarising figure like this drives viewers. It's my... Honest belief that now that he has left Good Morning Britain, those figures are going to tank, 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 and Good Morning Britain will be back to where it was before he joined. Yeah, and apparently he's going to be uh, going to a new service in Britain, which is like the Fox News version mm. of um, for, for Britain. So, But in terms of the, uh, the ratings... Um, you just have to call it. Nine are killing it. That's the bottom line. Um, mm. Ten did well with a world special, of course, and seven have been in disaster mode. The Ivan Milat special did nowhere, anywhere near expectations. Um, seven were expecting double what it got. The declassified Royal Scandal special um, that aired last night did the same as Ultimate Tag and actually killed, killed their night on Monday. However, there is two pieces of good news for Seven. One is AFL is back this week, so that they'll clean up in the back, back half of the week. And the second is we are recording this on Tuesday the 16th of March, which means there are just 12 days left of rating survey until the two-week Easter non-ratings period. And I think after that, Seven will come out firing they'll claw back their quarter one and here it is ladies and gentlemen actually win the year yep i've called it i reckon angus and the team um will bring mm. out some tested um new new pro sorry the team had 
some formats that you know weren't tested um in quarter one but their second quarter and the rest of the year they've got formats um that are proven formats yeah and they'll win the rest of the year that's very interesting. Nine have certainly had the game to themselves in Q1, but yes, with AFL and some solid formats, seven will come back. I think it certainly will be a tight year. It will be a very interesting to see. All right, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Attorney General Christian Porter has launched defamation action against the ABC and journalist Louise Milligan. The proceedings came after rape allegations against a federal minister were brought to light, and while Porter was not named by the ABC, his lawyers claim that he was easily identifiable. An ABC spokesperson has confirmed that the ABC will be defending the action. Jack Lattimore has been appointed as NITV's managing editor for Digital Offering. He will oversee strategy for digital, producing and commissioning of editorial online content, including social media and podcasts. Lattimore will still continue to co-host and produce the National Indigenous Television's weekly podcast, Take It Black. Nine and Win are joining forces once again after their split in 2016. The regional network will return to an affiliation agreement with its former partner in July. The new agreement between Nine and Win is for seven years and includes provisions for a potential extension. With the three regional bulletins Nine are currently producing to be axed, the network has confirmed that not all of the staff will be redeployed. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, we'll have a chat with Natalie Barr, who has just replaced Samantha Armitage on Channel 7's Sunrise program. And we'll find out what everyone's been watching as we open the TV Binge Box. TV Black Box. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These are real confessions. Saying I've wanted to kill my mother since I was eight years old. From real serial killers. Oh, just got to be violent. Best-selling true crime author Amanda Howard doesn't just talk about their crimes. She talks directly to them. It's all getting a bit much, really. It's the podcast that goes where others fear to tread. Monsters Who Murder. Serial Killer Confessions. Subscribe now in your favourite podcast feed. Well, as we reported a week ago, Natalie Barr has been chosen as the replacement for Samantha Armitage on Channel 7 Sunrise. Despite media speculation that it was anyone's game, it was always Nat's job. On Tuesday, I spoke to Nat on the Ange Robin Robbo show about her new role and the future of Sunrise. Nat, welcome to the Ange Robin Robbo show. Thanks for having me, guys, and thanks for the nice welcome. Well, look, Nat, I have to say, I think Seven have got it right, putting you in the chair. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's only been 18 years. Um, um, (laughs) I've actually been really happy where I was for 18 years, that half step back, half step to the left. But now I have to actually step up and take it. It's a bit daunting, a bit exciting, but... Yeah, here we are. (laughs) Well, look, you are off to a cracking start already. Ratings have remained steady. Um, Were you nervous about accepting the job? I was, actually. 
A lot of people don't think that and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you've done it a lot already uh, and I have and, you know, for the last 18 months, I guess it's been pretty obvious that Sam's had lots of personal issues, her mum and her dad and lots of family things. So I've been hosting a lot. Mm. But I guess when they actually, when the big boss calls and asks, it's still nerve-wracking and I did have to think, yeah, I've... You know, this is a lot more attention. There's a lot more pressure when you're in the front row, I guess. So, yeah, I really had to think, yeah, I have to step up on this. Well, let me ask you about that. How did you find out you'd be replacing Sam and did you find out before me? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I did find out before you. Sorry about that. I know you're good on Twitter, but you, you didn't beat me. So. <laughs> um. I didn't think I'd beat you, but how did you find out? How did that phone call or meeting go? Uh, yeah, I got a phone call from a big boss at seven and, um, and he said, yeah, so um, how about it? And I said, well, oh, oh okay. I <laughs> wasn't very eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my finest moment, I guess. But um, I get, that's my natural habitat. I love mm. covering the news. I love going out to these stories. But the attention on me is not my natural habitat. Uh, yesterday, the first day, was probably a, a bit nightmarish for me because everyone kept asking me, how are, how, how are you going? What's it like? Oh, first day, first day. I just wanted to go back to the new normal where we'll actually be covering the news and the events and the great interviews that we do, not me. Yeah, well, this is part of the gig. You're in the big chair now and uh, they're already already talking about a radio stash with Carl Sanderlands I read in the paper today. So you've already um, having stashes with people, Nat. You know, I'm not. So <laughs> Uh, I went on to Carl and Jackie O right after I'd read a headline and sort of sorted that out with Kyle. I've never met Kyle and I read that he thought I was cold. I didn't deserve the job. It should have gone to someone outside the company. So I said, well, really? You've never met me. What's that about? And he said, oh, no, I didn't really mean that. I just meant, you know, you're not used to putting your personality forth because you're used to reading the news. So we sort of sorted that out. And I kind of am. I've hosted the program a lot, especially mm. over the last couple of years, as anyone who's watched the program would know. So I think I'm prepared, I think. Yeah, well, he's a bit busy while you're doing the show, so no wonder yeah. he hasn't really gotten to know you. And he will love you now that you stood up to him, you've met him, and you've put him in his place. He'll love you forever now. I don't think I've put him in his place. We just had a nice discussion, <laughs> a nice adult discussion. He seems very nice. So, yeah, it was good to have a chat. Now, look, I remember when Sam took over from Mel, you and I actually had a conversation about that, and you were actually happy in the news reading role, and you've just alluded to, you know, you've had the best of both worlds. You've been in the news reading gig, you've been in the hosting role, but you've always had that safety of the news reading gig. But this time, would you have been upset if someone else was given the job? Well, I think my husband said to me, you've got to step up now. The kids, I've got two boys, one's turning 16, one's turning 20 this year, one's at uni. Wow. And he said, "If you, yeah, that's how old I am, Rob. We worked <laughs> together many years ago. And he said, how would you feel if you say no and someone else is sitting there and you, you know you can do this, you've done it a lot. So really think about it before you say yes 
or no? And of course the answer was yes, because I know I can do this job deep down and I've done it for a lot of years and I've had a lot of practice. Um, and so the answer had to be yes. Well, we're seeing you there throughout your history. This was a lovely montage that Sunrise showed yesterday. And it's funny you mention your kids and my reaction was because I remember you coming back from maternity leave early to do a promo shoot with me. You know, so to think that your child was born while we were making promos together is sort of a little bit mind-blowing. Yes, I think that was when we moved into uh, the building that I'm yes. standing in now That's right. in at Martin Place. So yep. that was Hunter. He's turning 16 in June. So we've been in, and I wasn't pregnant when uh, we moved into this building. So we've been here obviously over 17 years. And uh, yeah, it's scary when you look back at that amount of time that's passed, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do you... F- feel about the fact that you're moving out of that building soon you'll be out of martin place and back in the channel 7 building at everly Yes. Well, oh, I've never worked there, of course. Before we mm. came into the city of Martin Place, we were out at Epping and I was mm. there. I was on the road um, as a journalist working for the 6pm News for about eight years before I joined Sunrise. And I think, uh, you know, this is a fantastic spot in at Martin Place, right in the middle of the city. And we've been able to utilise the plaza to do so many things. Look, things did, did change a bit after Lint. Yeah. Um, that was a pretty awful time. I mean, it was a horrific horrendous time for so many families and Australia watched how horrible it was but this has been a great spot to to broadcast from but it'll be a new era it'll be a new studio Uh, they're going to revamp that whole building there so you know we'll turn over a new leaf I guess. Look as you say since Lynn it does feel like the show has moved on from the days of the plaza with all the stuff that happened out there it's a different world now so I don't think there's going to be any major loss but look yesterday on the show Sam Mack made a joke about narcissists and psychopaths and I'm very supportive that there are a lot of those in the industry (laughs) pointing at myself too Um, you shut that down pretty quickly is it your intention to change the tone of the show and not be so combative well I have grown up with the people at seven they're my fa- a lot of them I feel like they're my family they're a lot of them are really good friends of mine I have been here I joined Channel 7 in December 1994 that's nearly half my life so I feel that I'm I don't I don't sort of label them as sociopaths and narcissists that's not my story that's not what I've lived <laughs> it might be for others so I'm not oh I've met a few Nat. I've met a few <laughs> maybe it is that's just not my experience so yeah. and it certainly doesn't feel like it's the experience of my colleagues at Sunrise Fair enough. Hey, look, I've been lucky enough to work with you over the years and one of my biggest memories was when I was line producing Pink and Pink was performing in Martin Place. No one expected it to be so big and at the last minute I realised I needed to go straight from her performance to the news. There was just one problem, Nat. You were down at the concert. The music was blasting. You had no way... I had no way of knowing if whether you were hearing me yelling, Nat, get back, get back. <laughs> Luckily, you did hear, ran all the way back up to the studio sat down and with like within 10 seconds of you sitting down you were live on air reading the eight o'clock news talk to me about the live nature of breakfast tv and things that happened behind the scenes 
Yeah, that's sort of, uh, I wouldn't say it's an everyday occurrence, but <laughs> we're, we're on air at 5.30 and we're off air at 10, 12 past nine. So we're nearly on air for four hours and yeah. it, it's a bit of a sprint for four hours. It's it's really, it's, it's really intense. Most people go to air, go to, you know, their job from, you know, nine to six or eight to four, whatever their hours are, maybe 10 hours during the day. This is really intense. We're up at, I get up at three, I'm in here at 3.30. And then from that time onwards till, you know, mid morning, it's it's just a race to the end. Lots of things go wrong. The, you know, we often read the auto cue that has scripts on, that often goes black. Um, our earpiece that, you know, we can hear the talent on, often that goes down. Sometimes yeah. the producer will be talking in my ear, mm. uh, telling us what the talent is saying. It's lots and lots of things go wrong and our job is to try and make it all look smooth on air. Yeah, and look, I have worked with you uh, for... I can't remember how long I worked with you for, but it was a fair whack of time. And I worked as the line producer at one point. And I've got to say, you were always professional. You were always a delight. I'm so happy for you. And I've just got one final question. How important is winning to you? Winning the ratings? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we want to keep winning because we've been winning for a long time. So uh, that'd be great if we could. Our aim is to bring a great show to people. That's the first aim. And if we can win the ratings every day, of course. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, now, I think you're a legend. You know that. Thank you so much for being on the Ange, Rob and Robbo show today. Thanks. I really have to say... Well done to her and good luck to her. I think she's the right choice for Sunrise. Do we agree, Aaron? 100%. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what else can you say? She, she's been there for 18 years. She's part of the Sunrise family. So she absolutely deserves it and she's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it would have been I crappy agree. if they'd passed her over and brought in some someone new and be like, well, you're still over there on the bench and you can put in another 18 years while we keep bringing new people in in front of you. I mean, it was her time. Let her do it. Absolutely. And hopefully she doesn't get picked on by the media like Sam Armitage did. She She's never been that sort of spotlight person in, in that kind of regards, but hopefully she doesn't get picked on. She's a lovely lady. I don't think she will. I don't think she'll face the intense scrutiny that Sam did. Sam, for some reason, brought it out of the paps and the writers. Nat's a, uh, lives a very down-to-earth life. I think that uh, I don't think she'll have it as hard as Sam had it. All right, it's time to open the TV binge box. Uh, we do a little segment in association with our sister podcast, the full TV binge box, which you can download every week and see what Mulk, Brookie, Joe and Dan are watching each week and their group binge and the such. But this is just our little version to just show you what we've been watching. And I'm going to tell you, I've been watching Superman and Lois, Superstore, Wonder Woman 1984, terrible film, and I've actually been loving Married at First Sight. I've got to tell you, if you like Superman, even in the sliders, get on board Superman and Lois on Foxtel. It is really, really good. Like, seriously good. It's a really nice evolution of the character, him dealing with twin boys, the powers one has versus the powers another one doesn't have. They're moved back to Smallville. It's a really, really good show and I'm really enjoying it and I'm just getting a little bit teary as now with Superstore 
I'm in the final season, which I was watching on Netflix, but they don't have the latest episode, so I'm watching on Foxtel. And now I'm down to having to wait a week for each new episode before the end. And that's just left me a little bit sad. Rod, what have you been watching? Well, I've already already confessed to still watching reruns of The Crown and Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah has probably driven me back with even more interest at rewatching those. But something, I'm not a sports fan, but uh, a mate of mine's uh, introduced me to, did you know the America's Cup's being defended at the moment? And while I'm not a yachty at all, but just back to what we were talking before about low-end or, you know, simplified production, if you get online, I I kid you not, the coverage they're doing live is basically a VizRT doing some amazing graphics showing as they sail the course with basically two locked off effectively dash cams of of each of the boats and it's compelling and that's i've been looking at from a a techo point of view going they are basically making a compelling sports show and all i'm doing is watching a graphic it's like watching a video game but the graphics are so good uh my mate who collaborates with me on a lot of the tv work i do he didn't realize i said that's uh you do realize that's not a helicopter show we're watching he said no bullshit and i said no you watch the moves i said it's a graphic so, anyway, I've been watching the America's Cup. Where do Cup. We go for that? Uh, It's only on uh, YouTube. We've been watching it off. So, they've got edited highlights packages that are all cut up. But if you look at their actual live streams, they go for about two hours each day. And then potentially the, the win has happened, I think, even while we're speaking now. But, yeah, just as a great example of a, a, a graphics device making compelling television. And I just search America's Cup. All right. Yeah, Sarah, on YouTube. what have you been watching? Well, I've actually seen the America's Cup played uh, while we were out bar hopping. Um, and then um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we watched because between the puppy and Matt's parents visiting for the weekend, I remember watching The Dark Knight sometime at the beginning of the week, which we'd never seen before. And I'm like, why have we not seen this? And Matt was like, I think mm. it's because you didn't want to watch Heath Ledger in his last movie. And then... Um, Oh, no surprises. Below Deck is sailing yacht. <laughs> I miss Below Deck. The, the sailing yacht one is just even worse. I just want to tear yeah. everyone's throat out, seriously. Uh, I think you need to stop watching this. It makes you um, No, no, no. When I want to be angry and... at the world and just yell at something and let the anger out, I watch Below Deck because I just scream <laughs> at the TV and then afterwards I'm like completely chill. It's, it's, my, it's my anger space. Um, and look, we've just got a bit of an update. Our producer, Abby, has sent through some information. The America's Cup coverage is also on Foxtel and KO if you want to check that out. Aaron, what have you been watching? A little bit of this, a little bit of this, and a little bit of that. We're talking oh, good. Before. That brings we're... us to the end of TV. Black... <laughs> no, you got more? Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, we're talking about people having different opinions. Let me have the opposite opinion to Rob about Superstore. That would have to be one of the most unfunniest shows on television that is terrible and this is coming from a guy sorry we've that, lost Aaron there he seems this to is coming from a guy that hates Kath and Kim as well so yeah. he hates Kath and Kim but likes Superstore thank goodness the final episode of Superstore airs next week in America anyway um new series on SBS called Shadow Play um this is not too bad it's, it's basically about a US cop that goes to Germany after World War II to help re-establish a police force um so he's kind of a liaison and Grey's Anatomy is back with new episodes. It's now seen on Star. Lots and lots of characters from all the previous seasons and favourites have returned for guest appearances. Great to have Grey's Anatomy's back. And great to see Superstore leaving us next week. 
<laughs> and Star, of course, is part of Disney+. Plus. All right, that brings us to the end of this week's edition of TV Black Box. Don't forget, for exclusive stories, reviews, ratings information and recaps, go to tvblackbox.com.au, listen to the podcast. Please go and rate us on iTunes and give us five stars and a nice review. That really helps. And we appreciate your ongoing support. We'll see you next week with Sarah Monaghan, Aaron Ryan and Rod Morris. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, all. Call me, Bev. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.